We are here today to mourn the death of famous dick wrestler, Joey Ryan. You know, often in death, we romanticize the individual who has passed on, but I don't need to be romantic. I'm only being honest when I tell you that Joey Ryan was the greatest dick wrestler in the history of dick wrestling. He was the prince of penis, the Kong of dong, the 10th wonder of the world. And he was a fierce, fierce friend. Joey leaves behind his incredibly hot wife. But in celebrating his life, I like to think of a, you know, a, one of his favorite films and his favorite line from that film, Sausage Sensation 3, Milf Ball Drainer. I'm the pizza man. Mezzanine sleepover. Hello. Wow, I actually heard the whole thing. Oh, hey, there you go. <laughs> For the first time ever hearing that intro, all of us. Yeah. Uh, I am, uh, well, this is episode 145. I am the Slip Man with five eyes or sleep. I'm at megamix.com. And who's, who else is on the line? Ghost Jew at DiscoStew81 on the Twitter. Oh, hey. Hello, boys. The, the boys are back. Oh. Colin crew. Oh, we haven't what? we haven't partied Basically this hard boys. since Chicago, boys. Partied this hard since <laughs> Chicago. Oh, when oh, we went to Burger King at 11 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> we sure did. Or other destinations on our big Chicago trip, like Half Price Books and TJ Maxx. Yes. You know, uh, an unfinished Target. It's true. That's right. <laughs> Uh, so we are going to be talking uh, extensively today about All In, which was the big indie wrestling extravaganza that took place uh, just over two weeks ago in Chicago, Illinois, specifically on September 1st over Labor Day weekend. The three of us in attendance, which is, of course, the most important thing. Yes. Uh, so we're going to get into the show uh, momentarily. We'll, we'll run through... Uh, some facts about the show, the card. Uh, I think that uh, you, Megamix, have been doing some extensive research now, watching tons of Being the Elite. Yeah, we'll and we'll we'll get to that when we get touch on the show. I mean, we we obviously got to talk about some of our adventures. Yes, uh, but, and uh, just recap the weekend as a whole. And yeah, I will uh, I will talk about some my my newfound uh, kind of um, fandom of the uh, of the scene and uh, and the the Being Elite the. Uh oh! Um, before we get started, yep. Uh, you got. I have attended another another wrestling show. I believe that you want to talk about. Uh, Stu and I went to Smash Wrestling yesterday, right, Stu? We did. Yes, this was uh, the second time I've been to see Smash in the last uh, six months or so. It's what? It's a local, like it's a Toronto promotion. Most of the wrestlers, I, I recognize a lot of them from another promotion here called Super Kicked. Uh, Is it run by a uh, member of the Tunny family? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> That's too bad. <laughs> it's all Jack, Jack Tunny the <laughs> third. Uh, I don't know who's run Smash Wrestling, but uh, it was uh, 
quite the show. It was at a it was at a bar called the Rec Room, which is like a giant arcade with a, a with a secondary room that does concerts and in this case professional wrestling. Uh, nice. Setup was, I guess it was fine, wouldn't you say? Uh, it, yeah, there were there were a few spots that you really wouldn't be able to see a thing, but on the most part, I mean, we arrived what ten minutes before bell time and found a decent spot. Yeah, yeah, we did. Uh, we were in standing room, but yeah. um, I have here from ProWrestling.Wikia.coms uh, about Smash Wrestling. Uh, okay. Smash Wrestling, founded in 2012, is a community-driven and family-friendly event promotion with a unique spectacle featuring athletic feats and fun entertainment. Would you say, ah. Stu, would you say that the event yesterday was family-friendly? Depends who in your family you talk. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in terms of, like, offense, like, there were quite a few kids that were actually at yep. this event. In terms of anything that was, uh, you know, like... They didn't put anything into the storylines that were offensive, right? No, and there, there were no particularly um, violent matches in any way. No, there wasn't. Um, no. But <laughs> do you want... Should we just get right into this, this oh, match? Let's get, let's get to the only part. Um, <laughs> so what was it? The second match? So this was second a... Second match. It was like... Uh, the whole gimmick for the thing yesterday was... It was like a mystery show, so they had seven matches, and they were all in these envelopes, and no one knew what the matches were ah. until they uh, until they pulled out the uh, the envelope and kind of read what they were. Okay. Uh, so yesterday, the second match—I don't even know who the participants were. Do you know? Do you remember who they were? Uh, the the captain of the the team was Scotty O'Shea, the hacker. <laughs> This, this guy's gimmick is he's basically called the hacker. Amazing. Yeah. He doesn't bring he's a hacker. Yeah. You he, know because of his Matrix like Titantron video <laughs> thing. <laughs> oh, the Titantron videos were amazing too. The uh, Tron video yeah, they were <laughs> Uh so he comes out and he's got uh well he's he comes out with two other two other guys who are what ninjas? I think they were like cyber ninjas of some sort. <laughs> so these guys come out. They're like they have they their. They're in like they all no introduction. They didn't get a name. No. So they're in like they're in they're in all black and they're wearing like hoods over their heads and they're you you look at these guys and very quickly on I I, I think it, I commented where I was like. These guys don't look like wrestlers. Like they, no. their build was complete. Like not even like small wrestlers. They looked like normal dudes. <laughs> nice. Uh, so they wrestle in a six man against this other team. Again, I don't know who the main guy was. The main the guy. The main guy's name was Kevin Blackwood, and he and uh, the hacker were feuding in the last show I went to. Okay. <laughs> so. I guess there's some backstory there. And he comes out with these two guys who are not local. Uh, no, I think they were from Buffalo, right? Yeah. So one guy's like 200, yes. one guy's like 260 pounds and the other guys, nice. the other guy's kind of like, I guess he'd probably be about 230, like really tall and built. Okay. He, uh, he looked like, like an old timey bare knuckle fight. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. 
So, of course, on this babyface team, because this is the babyface team, the main dude, who's the smallest guy, on the apron, well, one of these, like, huge dudes ends up being babyface in peril. (laughs) Oh, come It's all super unrealistic where these two tiny ninjas are, like, (laughs) are beating him and he's struggling. Big burly bastard. Yeah. (laughs) So, they they get to the hot tag. And everyone's running wild. And then they start doing these spots with, with like, the little ninja dudes. Okay. All missing, like, so many spots, including <laughs> yeah. this one spot where the ninja guy, I guess he, he rope walks. Okay. And then he jumps off the fat guy's back, and I think he was supposed to high cross the other big dude. Except the okay. other big dude was all not even around, so the guy <laughs> just high crossed onto the mat. Yeah. <laughs> It it looked like it was going to be an interesting spot because he does the Undertaker rope walk thing and then oh. jumps on the big guy's shoulder and nice. then just looks confused and falls off. Yeah. So we're we're kind of we're kind of at this point like it's it's feeling there's a few other missed spots and it's kind of feeling yep. a little out of control. <laughs> yep. And then I don't even know exactly what happened, but the big dude, the big <coughs> MMA looking dude. Gave one of these dudes just like a kind of a toss. Yeah. It, it, I don't know if that was meant to be the finisher or not. Uh, the guy lands. Like it kind of looks looks kind of like a standard bump. Yeah. It looked a little on the awkward side, but more that he fell on his back than anything. Yeah. And then, okay. the, and then the dude fucking starts hollering in pain. <laughs> like, like, like blood curdling screams. Yeah. Oh like, God. is this one of the ninjas? Yeah, one of yeah. the ninjas. So, <laughs> nice. so like everything stops. The ref goes over and is like checking on him, and then gives the X sign, and the match, and the match fucking stops, and the guy just keeps like screaming, screaming. in such excruciating pain, like I've like like disgusting, like yeah, like it, and, it, it went to horribly unpleasant very quickly <laughs> yeah wow and so the the wrestlers all stop and the referee's just like the match is over like the dude is legitimately something horrible has happened to his yeah. leg he's um, screaming about his knee i think yeah wasn't he? like horrible screams then one of the the, the main dude on his team all <laughs> starts working again he's all <laughs> oh my God. he's all pointing to the other team he's all this is on you <laughs> Oh God! You'll pay for this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which, which is admirable that he has the the show must go on mentality. But it then made the crowd a little bit like, oh, this is a work because he's cutting a promo in the middle of it. Yeah, yeah. But there's no way that the guy's screaming like that, and it wasn't a legitimate wow. injury. So they they clear out of the ring, okay. and then and then it becomes clear to us that there's. Like, no medical professional on staff, like, anywhere. Oh, my God. So, no. a bunch of people just kind of come to the ring, and they all, they all fucking, like, triage carry him out. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> As he's screaming. And they have to take him through. So, right next door, it's a fucking arcade and a restaurant. <laughs> we all, he all is gone, and we can still hear, <laughs> Like... Such a horrible thing to happen, but still, like, so ridiculous. <laughs> and, like, really, I think the show kind of recovered from there, but I, I don't think they came all the way back. 
No, no, it did well, given the, you know, clear gravity of the situation for the poor guy. It did pull itself back from the brink. Wow. <laughs> one, of the funny, one of the other funny bits was the announcer who kind of like a couple of matches into it after this point gave a little announcement of, you know, he's going to be fine. Uh, he's gone to the hospital or whatever. But at no point did anybody say what his name was. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, poor dude. Poor guy. <laughs> they, uh, it ended oh, my up, God. Apparently, it was a dislocation, so, you know, better than something broken. Uh, the other yeah. thing about it was, in, like, the second last match of the card, they all do the dude all tweaking his knee and getting it worked over and selling it. And it was like, I probably not the best psychology no, at this point. The, <laughs> uh, the guy who's, what was that guy's name? Red Death? Yeah, Red Death. <laughs> Red Death. 19-year-old. Red, Red Death is wrestling Tyson Tyson Dukes. Dukes. And he, uh, and he loses. And then he... And then he's all, and they're taping it, I guess, for their little TV show. And then he's cutting a promo where he's like, you know, I'm just getting, I'm getting tired of like, you know, that he, Tyson Dukes is all the grizzled veteran. So he gives Red Death some kudos. He's like, oh, this guy's going to be something. And then the other dude's all, you know, I'm tired of people saying I'm going to be something. It's not enough. And I'm all, I all yell out, maybe you should win some matches. And, yeah. and it all he got his attention. Yeah. Yes, getting over. Look at you. Hey, that's right. I got my shit hey, in. I was disappointed, Alan. I was expecting, like, when you said that and he stared right at you and he pointed, I was like, ooh, this could get interesting. And then he didn't do shit. I all should have yeah, hit, but... hit the ring and surprised you all. Yeah, it's a big flower bomb. <laughs> so yeah, so that was uh, that was Smash Wrestling. Something nice. else. <laughs> now, you guys are uh, you guys have some big plans coming up in the future. What's uh, what's your docket looking like for wrestling watching? I know you got some. You just recently uh, purchased some tickets. Uh, we got a few. We're going in November on the 9th, We are going to Buffalo to see the ROH slash New Japan show. Nice. And then wings, 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 wings. Yes, yes. Uh, and then two days later, here in in Toronto, going to see the same uh, the same show at the old Maple Leaf Gardens. Oh, that should be tight. So that'll be a, those will be a good pair of shows, but probably nothing in comparison to the tickets we snagged to ROH and New Japan at Madison Square Garden during WrestleMania weekend. Amazing. Uh, we are so in. Good. We are in the very last row of Madison Square Garden. I suspect the seats might be stools. You might be able to touch the iconic roof. <laughs> That's right. Maybe we can reach up and touch the Marc Messier banner. Um, uh, are you guys planning on doing anything else on WrestleMania weekend? Be WrestleMania. Yeah. Being there with that close to it. Yeah, we figure we'll wow. you know we'll do that one. Maybe we'll do the Raw. We'll see. Nice. Uh, no idea. Hall of Fame, perhaps. Well, that's on. I guess the Hall of Fame will be on Friday, so that could be. Unless, like, there's going to be other shows, right? So that's right. You know, yes, uh, indeed. I mean, I guess it depends on who goes in the Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, I mean, Goldberg and Ultimate Warrior are already in, so uh, you have no reason to go. Obviously. Oh God. And Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they'll put <sighs> Billy Gunn in though. Oh, maybe. God. Uh, so there you go. That so that's uh, yeah, that's some of our wrestling. Pl- and actually, one more wrestling thing for uh, almost a year down the road, SummerSlam coming to Toronto. Oh yeah. Uh, which now I'm, now mm, now wait a minute. That's right. 
Now, so, now, now I'm thinking. Yeah, a little less excited about SummerSlam, but we've also got the NXT show. Yes, so I may be, uh, I may have to make that trip. Hey, let's figure it out. I'm gonna more than happy to come and get my brother come over from. Nice, nice. They're all four shows. Nice, nice. So uh, well, there you go. We'll, we'll we'll talk, fellas. Yeah, we will figure it out. We will not figure it out during the course of this show, everybody. Don't worry. No, don't worry. <laughs> Start talking turkey. Uh, so, anyways, that's all follow up. But of course, uh, what what's what set up all this wrestling excitement is all in. Yes. Mm. Uh, so uh, I guess uh, Mega Mix, you've been yes. You you went into this <sighs> excited about the event, but pretty cold to kind of all the background and what's been going on you have since uh been uh doing your research after the fact yeah 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 so um, tell us what, well, your, first, what your thoughts well, I, yeah first i want to thank you fellas for uh, let me tag along best thing ever um i remember you said well we're gonna we're gonna get tickets to this all-in show and i went well i'll go uh i you know i was kind of like ricky the steamboat's Ricky the Dragon Steamboat's Rick, son. Ricky the Steamboat. Best, best <laughs> wrestler the ever. Ricky the Steamboat. I was like Ricky Steamboat's son at WrestleMania 4. Where it's like, I don't know what this is, but I know it's a happening. <laughs> and so I had to be involved. And um, so, uh, you know, I kind of spent the lead up kind of purposefully not kind of hipping myself to to the scene. I was like, you know, I kind of want to go into this a little, a little cold. Uh, I, of course, was excited to see Kenny Omega kind of binged a bit on on kenny and in new japan matches so i was i was i was my stuff when it came to kenny but i didn't i didn't really watch anything else so i kind of came in cold and um i came out of it at the end you know obviously i had to i had to ask you i tapped you on the shoulder what's what's that mean of course now i know it all but um beforehand uh you know i i didn't know but even even so Fucking that 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 could pause. I mean, that's the best wrestling show I've seen live ever. Uh, that was tremendous. I, I quite enjoyable, and uh, you know, again, thanks to you guys for uh, for for putting the uh, the old bug in the ear because that was tremendous. Uh, Stu, where did that show rank for you? Um, I would still say it wasn't quite up there as a Ring of Honor show I saw in 2006 in Liverpool, England, that was headlined by uh, Nigel McGuinness against. Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, or whatever he was at the time, with a sub-main yeah. event of the Briscoes against Austin Aries and Roderick Strong. As far as actual, like, pure wrestling show, that's the best in-ring action of The whole thing, probably all in. The atmosphere was way better, you know, a big variety of wrestling to, on, on show. And I get to go with you, Pat. Uh, I would say that this show for me was uh, the best the best wrestling pay-per-view I've seen. Nice. Uh, yeah. I would say, though, it ranks pretty, like, you know, that um, that NXT show that we saw here in Toronto was yeah. pretty, pretty damn good. Uh, but obviously, a, a, um, you know, only a two and a half hour show with five matches. Yes. Uh, so as a kind of a, just a spectacular big production, all in. I mean, it blew away every WWE pay-per-view I've ever seen. Uh, yeah. Certainly, you're, yeah, not, you're never, never going to match the atmosphere of Rock Hogan WrestleMania 18, but... Um, that's one match, though, bro. That's one match. Mm. <clears throat> that, that event, WrestleMania X8, very disappointing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think the best part about all in, though, was going to a wrestling show and, and at the end being like, you know... I got everything I wanted. Like, 
And everybody yeah. in that crowd was just so happy at the end of the show, yeah. which mm-hmm. you just don't see anymore. No, no. I, I was talking to the guy who I worked with about it when I got back, and, and the best way I could describe it was going to watch Raw at three hours long is a slog. It's hard work. This mm-hmm. show was five hours long and felt like it lasted nothing. Oh. Absolutely. It was great. It was great. Yeah. Paced well. Just, yeah. you know, yeah, it totally worked. And, like, it was a long show, but you just don't <laughs> feel it, right? No. No, not at all. Um, let me give you a little bit of, uh, unless you do have the tail of the tape in front of you, Megamix. I know you like to do it, but. What the do you tail want? of the tape. Uh, yeah. Um, the first, I mean, this would have been the biggest uh, independent wrestling show in North America in what, like. 20, 30 years? 25 years, something like that? Yeah. It's, uh, it is the first event uh, that is not WWE or World Championship Wrestling that sold yeah. 10,000 tickets or more since 1993. Awesome. Top quiz, nerds. What was the last show to do it? I don't know. <sighs> was it one of those Los Angeles shows? Play show in LA. Yeah, there you go. Nice. Well, anyway, so this uh, this show, of course, uh, September 1st, 2018, hitting from the Sears Center in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. Uh, just uh, the uh, the attendance, a whopping 11,263. And uh, yeah, the tag, uh, according to the Wick guy, the tagline was the biggest independent wrestling show ever. So there you go. Um, it was it, it was. Truly, it, it kind of it lived up to everything that I thought it might be, and more. So I, uh, hey, I'm, I'm excited to break it down. Uh, I should mention the sponsors of this show, Hot Topic, yes, yes. Uh, which is selling all these guys' uh, shirts, especially the Young Bucks recently. Pro yes. Wrestling Tees, TGI yes. Fridays, and Stu's favorite Cracker Barrel. Loves me some Cracker Barrel. <laughs> TGI Fridays. Best, uh, best Japan's best restaurant, according to the Young Bucks. <laughs> so, I, I, now I know all this stuff. Uh, we want to break this down, uh, uh, kind of the the break it down, like uh, what what you know how we got there, the, you know the, the lead up, and then and then the show. Or do you want to do the show well, and then I wanna, talk the ancillary stuff after? I want to give a few more facts on the show. Uh, this okay. is from the Wrestling Observer newsletter. Yes. Uh, so as you mentioned, eleven thousand two hundred and sixty three. Uh, people showed up at the show. Uh, the figure is a combination of 10,541 tickets sold in the first 30 minutes when they were put on sale, uh, back yes. in May of this year. The live gate, $458,000. Uh, nice. the show was, the tickets were extremely underpriced. We got in for <laughs> 40 bucks a piece yep. and we were the first row in the upper decks. So, you know, yep. just like bird's eye view. Uh, they sold out every piece of merchandise that they had uh, nice. well before the show. As uh, we all know, we showed up uh, probably about an hour and a half. Oh, before the pre-show, about 45 minutes before the pre-show starts. And yeah. we are just walking around the lower deck of this arena. And mm-hmm. there's this huge line of people. And it's like, are they waiting for food? Are they waiting to go down to the floor? No, they were lined up the whole way across the bottom. Uh, for merchandise. Craziness. Uh, Brian Alvarez of the Wrestling Observer said the longest merchandise line he has ever seen at a wrestling it was, event. It was, it was disgusting how long it was. It was yeah. You, yeah. of course, managed to get around that. I uh, cut. Being a jerk and cutting. Yeah, and cutting. 
<laughs> um, so, uh, let's see. There's more here. Uh, Fight TV grossed more than $1 million between iPay-Per-View sales and StarCast iPay-Per-View sales. Nice. Uh, so about 20,000 iPay-Per-View orders, well above expectations. Uh, nice. The StarCast convention sold 11,000 tickets, uh, though some people bought tickets to multiple events. Pro Wrestling Tees did just under $500,000 worth of t-shirt business uh, over the weekend through all channels. And most of the merchandise uh, in the venue would have been part of that total. Nice. Uh, Of course, we we did the trip on right away picking you up on Friday from McDonald's. (laughs) (laughs) McDonald's and Logan Station. Near Logan Station, yes. And immediately went to Pro Wrestling Tees. Uh, had to park about a 10-minute walk away and stood in line yeah. to get in. Uh, what did you guys think of your first trip to Pro Wrestling Tees? I was a little uh, underwhelmed at the uh, at the selection, but I but I picked up a swanky Kenny shirt, so I was happy. And a, and a Kenny Pop so for my, for my kid. Uh, so, you know, listen, uh, I thought there'd be a little more selection. Um, but... Uh, and I, there was I, there was no kid sizes, but they don't have any kid sizes really on their online store anyway. So, um, you know, uh, it, it was fun to be there and to uh, check it out. And um, yeah, I, th- I thought it, it was worth going down. Yeah, I'm glad we went. I'm glad we had a look. I'm a little bit disappointed that I didn't buy one of those mystery boxes just for the shits and giggles. But the same, same as Mega Mix said, I was a little bit disappointed that there was a couple of items I'd seen on their website that I really wanted to get. And not have to pay the packaging and wait for two and a half, three weeks to get here. And it, they didn't have anything that I was after. But I guess they were, you know, they've only got a small venue and they've got to cater to what people really want. So pro wrestling yeah. com has like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of different designs. The store, uh, tailored dozens. to, you know, yeah, dozens, uh, mostly for all in stuff, though oddly enough had t shirts for, uh, Jerry the King Lawler as well, which was weird. that was that was terrible. The worst part was that Ramon's shirt being sold out of of any decent <laughs> sizes. Uh huh. The, the that would have been amazing. And the new wallpaper on my phone. Yes. Um. And uh, you know the hacksaw Jim Duggan shirt. Thumbs down to that. But uh, we did get to see the WWE uh, champion in in line waiting to see cm punk so that was good <laughs> and no we we're not talking about your favorite wrestler roman reigns we are talking about some dude wearing some his dude. wwe championship sitting there in line probably for hours to meet cm punk to pay what 50 bucks probably to i yeah, think it was 100 oh jesus oh my god Sorry. that that was the price for a photo and a signature really yeah well that was quite the lineup that dude made some serious cash Oh, good for him. I mean, he needs it after those legal fees. Uh, the pre-show uh, ended up, um, er, it had about 200,000 viewers on WGN, which was right. the best number on the station for the day and is in line with most of the station's top-rated primetime original shows. Uh, not an amazing number, uh, but not a bad number either. Um, if they were trying to, you know, get somebody interested in this show to promote something more consistent. Probably not the the best number, but not a bad number either. Um, yeah, there's uh that's about it in terms of uh, the tail of the tape. Overall, um, a very, very successful uh, financial endeavor at the very least 
you know, the wrestlers performing on the show made money. The dudes who promoted the show probably didn't lose money. Probably not, no. And DDP uh, worked for free, apparently. Oh, nice. How nice of you him. Some DDP, yeah, you got some DDP, you got, you got a diamond cutter that costed zero dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so aside from that, uh, after we, you know, we picked you up from Pro Wrestling Tees, we had time to then drop our stuff off at the Airbnb. Uh, kudos to our hosts, even though they let their kids stay up till three in the morning. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. We, we stayed yeah, in, we, we stayed yeah. in what, what Airbnb called a private, uh, private residence. It was not. Uh, it was the full basement of these people's massive house. Yes. Uh, the basement is huge. Uh, full, full bar, pool table. This dude, it's, it's just a guy's man cave, right? <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, they, they had all the, all the trappings, right? You know, it had, you know, two big screen TVs on different walls, full bar. It had like, you know, what? Goodfellas and Sopranos pictures. Sopranos. Scarface, uh, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. All yeah. Of, things like Chicago Bears. Yeah. You know. Sh- Chicago Bears stuff, a dartboard, but, um, Stu's you know, favorite flag, the Irish drinking flag. Yeah, I wasn't allowed to keep up. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, you know, we had like, you know, the big comfy couch, uh, one bed on the kind of the living room area, the, uh, the other bedroom, which I, which I took for myself, uh, the washroom, <laughs> the washroom with the two doors. So I had to knock before going in every time, just worried <laughs> that I was going to just see one of you guys on the throne. <laughs> but uh and, you know what and and very eerily and creep and, and one creepy uh thing that we noticed about halfway through our stay is that it appeared that the basement door could be locked from the outside yes <laughs> to lock us in their basement yeah, dungeon. They, yeah it could have been locked in uh also in this basement there were doors that that you couldn't get in that we all Figured clearly had guns be behind. Yes. Definitely had guns. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, you're in Carroll Stream, Illinois. Oh, um, very. We did not. We did the, the the lake behind the house. We did not do any fishing. No, we did so not. We did not do any fishing. <laughs> and uh, uh, but you know, uh, it was a nice place. But yeah, we're. I remember being laying laying there. I I I grabbed the couch, and I remember laying there at three in the morning. And there's also many footsteps. And I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? Like we would get back from these events at like 11, 1130 at night, there'd be multiple children running around. <laughs> like <laughs> like not... opening the door for you, like letting yeah. you in. Yeah. <laughs> and like, no when I say children, down. I'm not talking about like young teenagers. I'm talking about like five and six year olds. No. And but there seems to be no adults around for a lot of the time either. <laughs> no, no. One of the only still times... great Airbnb. Yeah, yeah. Very good, very good. Recommended, highly recommend. I gave them five highly. stars. So, you know, um, we well, went. We, Stu and I know why you gave it five stars. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we went to a Chicago Cubs game. Or sorry, a Chicago yes. Cubs. I wish we'd gone to the Cubs. I we wish went to, we went to a Cubs game. We went to the White yeah. Sox game. We took in, uh, we got there an inning into the game. Uh, by the middle of the third inning, it started to rain. And yes. then it rained more. And then we, we would move up in the stands to be under the, <laughs> under the, yep. like, covering. Under the yep. six inches of roof that they have. And then yep. it just started pouring rain and blowing in our face. So we had to go scurrying. Into yes. the uh, into the whatever the concourse, the concourse. and uh, camped out there for about forty five minutes, and then realized 
either the rain was going to end the game for the day or or the night, or it was going to go on for a few hours and the game wouldn't start till late. So we opted to leave. Uh, we did get an inning and a half of baseball in. Yay! One home run. We did. Yeah. So that was uh, that was our Friday Saturday uh, spent doing some shopping, <laughs> as, <laughs> as guys will do. Well, maybe way. Friday night we did go to that that uh, that uh, that Target. The the that we Maybe were so excited. Target. And it was under construction and disappointing. Uh Stu also recommended that we go for Chicago style pizza. That was Friday. That was Friday before the Friday. baseball game. Yeah. Yeah, before the baseball. Uh what was the name of the place? Gino's East. Gino's yes. East. Uh we ordered one pie, a large, which we could not finish between the three of us. I had two slices, and I wanted to throw up in a good way. <laughs> yes, me as well. That um, I believe that that pizza, that deep dish pizza from Gino's, still in my stomach. <laughs> I think it's still in the lake uh, behind the Airbnb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was, uh, yeah, and then we did the shopping trip, and then we did All In, and after All In, had some Burger King and... That was it. Then we came home. We dropped you off yeah, downtown. Yeah, you guys dropped me off downtown. I took some photos for my family. Uh, they were quite happy to get some photos of the city. Uh, sweated my ass off walking around. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, yeah, I got on the train and uh, went back to the airport. My my favorite part of my uh, of my experience uh, flying out to flying out to Chicago uh, on the uh, for for all those listeners who want to know uh, on Friday morning I left my house at three thirty in the morning. Um, took a cab to the airport, um, you know, take two flights, first to Minneapolis, then to Chicago, uh, on the way back, uh, you know, Chicago, then to Minneapolis. And when I get to Minneapolis, I got to make a pretty, you know, I got about a 45 minute turnaround. I'm, uh, you know, I get to my gate and they're, um, you know, I got to check in cause I, on, on my second flight of these, I, I don't have a seat assignment. So I go to check in at the desk for my seat assignment. They say, you know what, we'll, we'll call you. And, you know, they're kind of busy. And then about uh, 10 minutes later, they call me up and I've been there 10 minutes and they say, sorry for all the wait. And here's a first class. We're bumping you up to first class, which was the fucking best. Pauline. <laughs> Look at you. So good. So good. I never want to fly in shitty coach ever again or economy. <laughs> never again. I'm always going to fly first class. That's what I never pay for it. That's right. <laughs> as long as I don't have to pay for it. Wisely. But it was tremendous. I, I, I would highly recommend it. Well, thank you. Thank you, You're High welcome. Roller. I'd recommend being being rich, too, and flying for a class all the time. <laughs> what a recommendation. There you go. Uh, shall we talk about the show? Let's get some wrestles. Yes, let's do it. All right, so I have both the Wrestling Observer and the Wickeye. Uh, yes. Up. So I figure um, I uh, we watched this live. Obviously, um, yeah. I have watched some of the matches on the broadcast, uh, not all of them. I don't know if you guys had a chance. So you watched watch a few. Okay, I watched on YouTube. Yep, the whole thing. Ah. All right, yep. well, you guys more work than I did. So I will. <laughs> uh, what I'll do is I'll go through. I'll, I'll kind of introduce the match. Uh, we won't do blow yeah. by blow. We'll just kind of talk about. Some background to the match that we know about and, uh, yeah. and just general thoughts. Right on. We had the pre-show, uh, an hour long show before, uh, the event began, uh, prior to the first match taking place. Uh, Cody and the Young Bucks came out on the stage, 
That's right. To introduce the show. Of course, it is the Young Bucks and Cody. Uh, Cody Rhodes. Uh, Cody Rhodes. Uh, son of Dusty Rhodes, brother of Goldust, uh, who promoted this show. Uh, yeah. So they came out to do kind of an intro. They, they, uh, they talked about, they, you know, they did kind of did spoofs, but they were like, oh, we got some pyro and they blew off the pyro. They had a legend, a road warrior animal rode in on yes. his, uh, on his big bike, bike. Yep. And, uh, and they gave away merch and thanked everybody for coming to the show. And, uh, that was about it. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> I mean, the chance and the excitement is off the charts. I mean, this building was electric the whole night. It was crazy. Uh, this building was full probably. Probably a half hour before the pre-show started, this place was full. Uh, the only people not in the seats were standing in line for merch. Yes, yeah, so at this point, uh, when they started the uh, the o- opening match on on the pre-show, I went down to see if I could, uh, you know, see what I could do in terms of merch. Uh, I quickly turned around and walked back to my seat. <laughs> so I was uh, not interested, and you spent the rest of the night egging me on to go get merch, yep. which I said no. And you just kept going. And then you got yourself an all-in sweatshirt and then continued to bait me. <laughs> uh, match one, SoCal Uncensored, who uh, made up of Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky, defeated the Briscoe yes. brothers, Jay and Mark Briscoe. This was a non-title tag team match. The Briscoes are the Ring of Honor tag team champions. Uh, the match went for 12 minutes and 33 seconds. What did you boys think of this opener? Stu. Very solid way to get the show off off the on the road. Uh, probably a really good choice to have as an introduction on WGN for those that aren't uh, totally in with the whole storyline aspect of some of the other matches. This was just a straight up, these two tag teams want to have a fight kind of thing. And it, it was a good mix of, uh, you know, a bit of brawling outside, some high-flying stuff, um... You know, got the crowd warmed up nice and easy. At 12 minutes was a good length for that kind of thing to go. And solidly entertaining match. Typical yeah. kind of Ring of Honor type match that you'd see. Yeah, it was good stuff. I liked, uh, I, I didn't know, I didn't understand the context at first when uh, when uh, SCU came out dressed uh, as Rocky and uh, Apollo Creed respectively. <laughs> but then when I watched Being the Elite, it made sense. Ah, it made sense. Uh, it, it all came together for me. I was like, oh, that's why. Because they, right. they had a training montage. Ah, okay. Them on the beach like Rocky and Apollo. Uh, does that match? Uh, the Observer, Dave Meltzer and the Observer, gives it three and three-quarter stars. So very big into that one. Uh, yeah. Match number two. So this is the over-budget Battle Royal. Uh, 19 <laughs> people in the Battle Royal. Um, we'll talk about some spots in a sec, but I'll just I'm just going to run through the lineup here. This is the order of eliminations. Okay. Uh, Moose, Brandon Cutler, Chucky T, Trent Beretta, Rocky Romero, Cheeseburger, uh, The Hurricane, Ethan Page, Tommy Dreamer, Jimmy Jacobs, Punishment Martinez, Austin Gunn, Billy Gunn, Marco uh. Stunt, Brian Cage, Dor- Jordan Grace, Colt Cabana, Bully Ray, and of course, the big surprise, Flip Gordon, winning by d- eliminating Bully Ray, 17 minutes and 6 seconds. What did you guys think? Well, I liked it a lot. Um, I thought it was like such a great battle royal. I didn't have high expectations. Uh, there was so much going on. It was, you know, I liked the the, the uh, every wrestler just kind of went through their spots, which was great. Um, you know, I didn't know much about the storyline about Flip Gordon, but I was still into it when he all when when he when he unmasked at the end 
uh, as the as the uh, the whatever the the mass wrestler's name is that got powerbombed by Bully through the table at the start of the match. Um, I thought it was great. I uh, loved seeing some of the uh, some of the uh, wrestlers that I uh, had heard about, and uh, you know there was some some notable spots that I guess we'll, we'll we can go through, but uh, uh, highly entertaining. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I. I'd say without question, it's the best battle royal I've ever seen. Now that's not saying much because they're usually absolutely <laughs> shite. But this was whoever put this together needs a promotion because it, it did such a great job of highlighting each individual person's getting their shit in, or if you want to call it that. And I would say that this was probably the most fun match on the whole card. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, so they did. They set this up. Most battle royals, you have all the guys in the ring, and then they start kicking and punching, and you get. You know, a couple of things here and there, but not much till the end. But this was kind of done um, sort of Royal Rumble style, though some of the Rumbles have been bad recently, too. This one yeah. was where it was kind of like a lot of the performers would kind of, you know, shuffle off to the sides and they would leave the middle of the ring open for two or three people to kind of get their spots in and get the story in. Yes, indeed. And because there are so many people getting their shit in, uh, you get all their <laughs> shit. So absolutely, uh, we got uh, a couple of things happening here right before the match starts. Uh, we have a masked wrestler, Chico El Luchador. That's right. Uh, Bully Ray power bombs Chico El Luchador through a table on the outside before the match begins, and he spends all match laying there in a heap. Yeah, and so Bully Ray ends up kind of being the big heel in this match. Basically, yeah. any time that anyone in this match kind of got some momentum, uh, eventually Bully Ray would cut it off and eliminate them. Right. Yep. Uh, including, what was the name of the 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 little wrestler? Marco Stunt. That's right. And then uh, and then we had uh, also uh, the the female Goldberg. Oh, Jordan Grace. Jordan Grace was also Ooh, in there. Took a Pope. monster buckle bomb. They hit a, oh, a gosh, big badass power bomb. Yes. It was awesome. On Brian, what Brian Cage? Yeah, it was Brian Cage. You hit that. Yeah. Um, one thing that I kind of noted about the battle royal that I felt, you know, how, you know, it was great, but the only drawback for me, fucking Billy Gunn, all crotch chopping <laughs> around like an asshole. Yeah, I hated but, it. Yeah, but you know, you got this crowd right that's too cool for school when it comes to wrestling, and yeah. that dude does his crotch chops and his suckets, and they're all right there with it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I hated it. Uh, so, um. I mean, other than that, like there, there was a whole bunch of stuff that happened. I mean, they had, yeah. uh, we did get the hurricane getting his choke slams in. Yes. Yes. Fun. Uh, Billy Gunn and his son Austin getting some uh, work in together. Uh, I mean, Tommy Dreamer getting some plunder. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah we got it was little, great. Yeah. We got a little bit of everything in the match. Uh, it went for about 17 minutes and two seconds. Yep. Uh, Meltzer said, uh oh sorry and at the end of the match uh we have we have this uh luchador who's been lying outside the whole way through uh yeah bully, well, bully seemingly wins right i yeah. mean he 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 tosses cole cabana and he's won he thinks he's won but and he then thinks he's won. the lucha comes in unmasks so before he eliminates him he un unmasks it's flip gordon the uh the gimmick here is that flip has been trying to get booked for the show yes uh and, and cody really doesn't want him on the show yeah <laughs> Uh, so he and, sneaks yeah. into the battle royal and he wins it by throwing out Bully Ray and he ends up getting the shot during the pay-per-view for the ROH title. Excellent. Uh, Two thumbs up from me. That was great. 
Mm-hmm. Meltzer said it was one of the best traditional battle royals he's seen in many years. Four stars. Nice. Oh, big time. And you know the WWE marks? So mad. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, now, I'd like to point out how mad WWE marks were all weekend. Oh, they were very upset. On Twitter all weekend, so angry. Well, you got to defend your brand, right? I, uh, apparently, yes. I don't uh, know how you can defend your champion going to line with CCM Punk, though. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, so we get we get to the main show, the pay per view. Uh, people very impressed yes. when they when they broadcast on screen the whole "don't copy" or "don't copy this show" kind of warning. Uh, caught a big pop. And then uh, we get the first match. Uh, Matt Cross defeated MJF. Uh, this was uh, a singles match, obviously. Nine minutes and 23 seconds. Uh, wasn't an advertised match. Kind of a uh, surprise match for everybody. To it was get, fine. Just to get everything started. Uh, and, uh, I mean, there was, yeah, it was it was fine wrestling. But, but overall, as far as matches go on this whole show, relatively pedestrian stuff, right? Matt Cross is a he's a decent wrestler. He's you know been around a long time, but yeah, it was it was fine. Nothing wrong with it, but it was hardly well beaten. Uh, two and a quarter. <laughs> yeah, I'm cutting out here. Okay, two and three quarter stars from uh, from Dave Meltzer on that one. Uh, probably don't need to say much more about that. We get match two: uh, Christopher Daniels against Stephen Amell uh, and uh, Jerry Lynn, the referee for this match. So Stephen Amell, who is where's he from? Toronto, Ontario, Canada. A show? He's on uh, Arrow, right? Oh, he's in Toronto. Yes, yes. He's from Toronto, but he's on Arrow. Have either of you ever watched yes. Arrow? I have never watched it. No, I have not either. So I watched about two the first couple of episodes, and it was fine, but not wonderful. So the idea of the match well, is the guy like, sitting behind us did not like this guy. No. <laughs> uh, you did not like the guy sitting behind us. <laughs> I did not. No, it's he, terrible. But he, you know, it, yeah, he was the biggest heel of the night. You were so upset with him. He was the. Oh my god. He was, he was so bad. He was just himself over all night. Uh, so, anyways, Mel from Arrow, uh, very green. Christopher Christopher Daniels, a, a longtime veteran. Kind of carrying him through the match. Uh, Amel did do uh, a coast-to-coast move in the course of the match. Uh, uh, Daniels ends up winning yeah. with his uh, with his best moonsault ever, um, and kind of endorse each other at the end of the match. Uh, as good as it can get with a guy who's not really a full-time wrestler, right? I don't think he's ever. That was had fine. Him. He's never had a singles match before. He was in like a tag match at SummerSlam a few years ago, right? Yeah. So yeah. Yes, he did, so, yeah. Credit to him. I mean, I guess to be Arrow, you have to be relatively fit. But, yeah, I thought he did fine for a guy who doesn't do this. Well, he went from the, he went from the uh, what, the, the post to the floor through a table. Not too bad. Oh, yeah. yeah so, good for him. Uh, That's a big boy bump. Yeah, so that match uh, is uh, two and three-quarter stars for Meltzer. So, again, for the circumstances, not a bad rating at all, right? Yes, indeed. No, not really. Uh, match number three on the pay-per-view is a four-way with the uh, women's match. Uh, Tessa Blanchard, uh, Dr. Britt Baker, Chelsea Green, and Madison Rain. It goes 12 minutes and 46 seconds, and uh, Tessa Blanchard wins uh, in the end. 
a couple of things off of this one. Uh, Blanchard came out and uh, hugged Tully, and uh, Magnum TA was there. Uh, That's right. Apparently, um, uh, oh yeah, in the building they didn't they didn't put like they showed it on the screen, but they didn't put anything up on screen saying who they were. I think that you know most people knew who they were, but uh, didn't kind of tell us. other than that, I mean, they, they cut to black. They cut the screen to black because I think they did. They redo something. Well, she did they redo the hug because she hugged her dad twice. Yeah, I'm sure they redid it. Yeah, because uh, the camera missed it the first time, so they cut so that the people wouldn't react to her doing it again. And uh, other than that, I mean, the match was again. Uh, it was fine. It was you know, I didn't. Good. I thought that the, you know, the crowd, I mean, it wasn't a bad match by any means. I thought that the crowd was a little generous, um, but with their kind of uh, reactions. But I did find that it picked up. And as it got to the end, it got uh, quite exciting. Again, Tessa Blanchard, probably the most experienced and, and, you know, kind of the future superstar of this group uh, was the right winner. Right. For sure. I I found the merch line was really long while I was while this match was going. (laughs) Is this the match, uh, Stu, where you came back uh, double fisting beers? Yes. Uh, I yes. To, to uh, make myself happy after standing in line for about 20 minutes in the merch to get to the front <laughs> and find out that all they had was Flip Gordon t-shirts and <laughs> I think uh, maybe like hats or something like that. I was like, oh. <laughs> well, My other question. A devious bastard like um, Schlipp was and I just pushed in. Yep. I would have got something. You might have. Now, here's my other question. Uh, how hard was it to, to drink Miller Lite? Uh, given that I had to go all the way downstairs to get nice beer, it was fine. Okay. <laughs> great. <laughs> I but it, like... The good thing about it was it like I felt really big and tough because I could drink like nine of them and still be standing. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'd just like to say that I did not push into the line to cut. Uh, what I did was I stood I stood over to the side of the merchandise table, pretending like I was curious to see what the merchandise was. And then I carried a conversation with some, somebody who was like three or four back in line. And then I pulled out cash and uh, yes. knowing what I wanted was able to make a quick exchange. Very, you know, it was it was my ability to do a fast transaction, which is what got me uh, to yes. the front. I always envision you being like Homer going back into the hedge. <laughs> <laughs> That's me wearing an so all-in stealth. sweater. There you go. Uh, so uh, Melcher gave that women's match three and one quarter stars. Uh, we yeah, then get the NWA World Heavyweight title yes. uh, contested between Cody uh, up against Nick Aldis, who came in as the champion. 22 mm-hmm. minutes and two seconds to this match. Cody pins Nick Aldis with the the British Bulldog beating Bret Hart at SummerSlam 92 uh, pinfall, which yeah. we, again, yesterday at the Smash Wrestling Show, uh, that's how the main event ended as well. Yeah. Ah. It's making a comeback. So wherever, yes. wherever Stu goes, he is seeing that end. Everywhere I go. He is. Uh, this match was uh, interesting. Uh, it started off, you know, pretty... Pretty kind of pedestrian again, but then at one point, um, Cody does a plancha to the floor, mm-hmm. and he gets forearmed, and he kind of falls under the the table that's out there by ringside. 
Yeah. And, and uh, the referee is uh, Earl Hebner, right? Yeah, Earl Hebner is the yeah, ref. Yeah, Earl Hebner. Um, he gives the X sign like Cody's like legitimately injured. And everybody in the crowd is kind of wondering. And it's like, oh, shit, right? And Yeah, it was really strange. And like a lot of time passes and Cody kind of crawls under the table. Yeah, he's under the table for the longest time. And, uh, well, I mean, to, to set the stage for anybody who hadn't seen it, um, Cody and Aldis both came out with their entourages. It was kind of cool visual. In Cody's entourage, DDP and Glacier and some other dudes. Uh, and his dog. And, uh, yeah, his and dog. so, and, and, oh, and Pharaoh. Well, you, you, can't, you can't forget Pharaoh. Um, but DDP then, when Cody's under the table, uh, you know, gets involved and, and throws a... Uh, a diamond cutter on who was with uh, all this. Was it Davari? Yeah. Sean Davari, yeah. 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 So, so you know, a little bit of extracurricular activity. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that was the planned spot. But live, it looked awkward and weird. And I thought, like, is he legitimately hurt? Um, Cody ends up with some color. Oh, yeah. Uh, we then get a spot where, so Brandy uh, Rhodes, Cody's wife, is uh, yes. out in his corner. And uh, Aldis ends up coming off the top rope with an elbow, and uh, Brandy is covering Cody up for no reason. She's by to the stop way, him. little little intra like weird kind of again like that that didn't take me right out of the match by any means, but it was like what, yeah. this was kind of weirdly set up, right? Why did Brandy roll in the ring and try to protect Cody from getting an elbow drop? Yeah, like a wrestling <laughs> move in a wrestling match. Yeah, yeah it was kind of weird. If that was Eldis's finisher, it would make total sense, but yeah. it's just an elbow drop. Yeah, so she gets it's the hard elbow. because yeah, and I mean largely these guys, um, you know, especially the uh, the 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 you know Cody and 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 I mean these guys are all you know in Japan heels, and here are their faces, and it's just the dynamics are all kind of strange. And uh, Cody ends up winning massive, massive pop, like people. This was people they, they they presented this like this was a big time world title change. I mean, it's the NWA title. It's meant nothing for 25 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but they played up the history of the title, specifically showing pictures of Dusty Rhodes winning it, and they made it yep. into a huge huge deal, right? Yeah. Yeah. It uh I mean the, the if, ever since Douglas threw in the trash, that title's been pretty tainted. I'd say that this was a big step to kind of Giving it some prominence, and now Cody's all taking it on the road and defending it in uh, in Ring of Honor and 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 probably elsewhere. Uh, so we get the next match on the card: <laughs> Hang- <laughs> Hangman Page uh, against Joey Janela. Uh, this is a Chicago street fight. It goes twenty minutes and eight seconds, and ridiculous. Uh, Hangman Page wins the match. Uh, you, I believe, uh, Mega Mix have fully caught up on the storyline. Would you like to walk us through what the hell is happening in this match? Yeah, so I had no idea at the time uh, anything that was going on, um, which didn't taint my watching of the match. I quite enjoyed it. It was fun. It was hilarious. I didn't know any of the storylines, especially stuff. I mean, lots of this pay-per-view stuff playing out on Being the Elite, like a fucking YouTube show. Best. Um, I guess so. Hangman Page kills Joey Ryan in storyline. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't... Um, uh, he kills him. Uh, is it because he was jealous of his of his penis? Is that kind of the? I think so. I think so. And so he kills him, which is ridiculous. And uh, you know, it's all you know. Uh, you know, I may not be the best to describe this because I'm still I'm still kind of pouring through some of them. What 
Well, I what, mean, I uh, didn't watch it in detail uh, either, but I mean, you can kind of gather because the they did very good. They did very good videos, kind of hyping up these matches. Dude, did you watch any of being the elite leading up to this? No, I didn't really. I mean, I like from just my general reading of wrestling online, I kind of had a sort of hint of what it was all about, but no, I've not really watched you know episode after episode of being the elite. So here's what I gather: Hangman okay. Page is jealous of Joey Ryan because Joey Ryan is a great penis wrestler, which you heard <laughs> Cody Rhodes uh, mentioning in the intro to this show. Uh, he he apparently killed him using a telephone. Uh, yes. It was a mystery. Um, so all of the Being the Elite characters, first of all, Joey Ryan was missing. Then he, yes. uh, then they presumed him dead and had yes. the, and then they found him dead and they had this funeral for him. And yes. Hangman Page, uh, for the longest time would not admit it, but was being haunted. And one of the things that haunted him was a pair of boots that talked to him. <laughs> and he refused to wear boots. He'd be in every episode wearing like, he'd be barefoot constantly. And then the boots would talk to him in his hotel room. It was craziness. Yeah. So that uh, kind of sets the stage to everything that happens in this match. So Joey Janela, I'm not exactly sure how, I, I don't know if he's trying to avenge this death or what he's doing, but. Joey Janela is 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 wrestling Hangman Page, and Joey Ryan is at this at least at the start of this match still dead. Dead, still dead. <laughs> Joey Janela is like a, just a grease ball. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they have this match. Uh, lots of lots of spots, right? Like we we broke tables, uh, we broke chairs, we used a Cracker Barrel. <laughs> so good. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I could skip right to the end, but I mean, fans are chanting Joey Killer, uh, which is great. Yes. Uh, there is there's a point where um, where um, the fans are chanting safety first at the, you know, to try to make sure that they're that they're not hurting each other. Now, who was out? Someone was out with Joey Janela. Who was that? That was uh, Penelope Ford. Her name is. There you go, Stu. So that's she, his yeah. ballet. She gets involved. She I gets, believe that's his real life girlfriend as well. Okay. So she gets a number of spots in. She ends up giving a uh, high cross to Hangman Page from the top rope to the outside. Awesome. Uh, so um, any other spots that I'm missing before we get to the end? Um, there was a the, the bag. There was a the, dive off the stage, wasn't there? By Janela that looked like he fucking missed it. Ah, uh, yes, there was. But I don't think he did. When I rewatched it, it looked like he was like he, it looks like he hit it, but it was there was it was it was insanity. The whole match was insanity, and it was hilarious. Uh, even if I didn't know what was going on, I remember just asking him, like, what? what? And you're like, he killed Joey Ryan. I'm yeah. like, okay, he killed the guy. Excellent. Uh, they had two bags <laughs> during the match, uh, so there were two reveals. Uh, the first reveal is when Hangman Page pulls the boots out of the bag, and he sells it. <laughs> <laughs> So scared of the boots. Uh, the second well, one is sell before it brings the boot the, the second bag into the ring, and you're like, now what's going to happen? And yeah, he pulls out these cowboy boots, and like you said, he sells it big time. Uh, and then the, the second bag. Yeah, the second uh, bag. They're they're climbing the ladder. Yeah. They're climbing the ladder, yes. one on each side. Yeah, and they're kind of doing the punching spots. Who's going to get the advantage? Yeah. And then Hangman Page pulls out of the bag the telephone that he killed <laughs> Joey Ryan with. So good. Uh, he hits Joey Janela with it. He chokes him out with the, the cord, and then he gives him his finishing move, which is called the Rites of Passage, which is kind of um, kind like of a, a pile driver where the guy where you're not holding the guy on the front of your body, you're holding him behind you. 
Yeah. Uh, Pretty from the, much. From the top of the ladder, through the table, in the end, like, looked crazy if you watched the replay, uh, about as safe as you could take it. Yeah, no, it looked pretty good. Uh, gets like, the pinfall, uh, four and a quarter stars for Meltzer. What did you think, Stu? Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. it even without, uh, say, with Meganix knowing the ins and outs exactly of the storyline, you could pick up from the crowd reaction. Yeah, you know, it was a really good, fun brawl. Kind of, you know, you don't really see that kind of brawl in these days on WWE, certainly, and uh, not too much elsewhere. But yeah, it was great fun. And then the post-match stuff was, that <laughs> so, was something. So let me, can I just read it from the Observer? Do it. After the match, they showed a <laughs> film of Joy Ryan dead in the same bed he was murdered in. And he's, <laughs> and he's in his wrestling trunks. <laughs> I think he's in sweatpants. Oh, in sweatpants, okay. Suddenly, he got an erection. <laughs> <laughs> so his dong started to move in the video. Yeah. Signaling that he is not, in fact, dead. <clears throat> then... a huge pop, by the way. So then the lights go out. Yes. And so, for those of you who follow WWE, The Undertaker, uh, when he has kind of big moments, will have a, a, a procession of druids that will come out onto the ramp. Yes. In this case... Uh, druids, yes. <clears throat> uh, there were eight dudes... In giant inflatable penis costumes <laughs> that came out o- onto the ramp. Yes. Uh, Joy Ryan. with eerie music. The, the eerie music, yeah. Yes. Uh, Very Undertaker-esque. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the place goes nuts for this. Ryan, Joey Ryan comes out. Don Callis on commentary called it the Res Erection. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, so Joey Ryan comes into the ring. Hangman Page. Selling complete shock and disbelief the whole oh, way through. <laughs> the look on his face, tremendous. Uh, Joy Ryan poured baby oil all over himself. Then he has a lollipop, which he put down his pants. <laughs> into his trunks, in the front of his trunks. Uh, he grabbed Paige's hand and put it on his crotch and did the dick flip. <laughs> yeah. Would you like to describe one of you what this, what happens here? Stu, you, you do the, you do the honors. Well, the dick flip is Jerry Ryan's signature move where someone grabs his dick and he uses the power of his wang to flip them over. <laughs> that is true. Uh, it's, That's it. It's a sight to behold. It's a very, very special move. Uh, yes. I've tried to get my wife to do it, but she just will not take the bump. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then they... Uh, does he hit another finisher after that? I think he hits a super kick, he, right? He, after the he, dick yeah, flip. he pulled the lollipop. The super kick. He took the lollipop out of his pants and put it in Paige's mouth. <laughs> and then super kicks him and the lollipop goes flying. Yeah. It's, it, you know what? It's one of the greatest things I've ever seen. Yeah. The, then uh, the, so white, the white penis druids carry Hangman Page to the back, and the crowd yep. is chanting, rest in penis. <laughs> And, the, and what, a day later, he's got the shirts yeah, already made? Rest in penis. Yeah. And so that's that match. Um, so I loved it. This, I, thought it was, I thought it was one of the funnest wrestling matches I've ever seen. This, of course, will be the match that the quote-unquote wrestling purists will, will shit all over, right? I'm sure Jim Cornette was having a fucking stroke off while watching this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, his Twitter account was he, he lit up on it. Of course he did. <laughs> and you know what? First of all, it's it's by it's not even the most absurd wrestling thing I've seen this year. Yeah, 
And secondly, get over it. Like it's it's supposed to be fun. It's I think we're past the yeah. I think we're past the point where we're trying to pretend it's real. Yeah. You know, like, but you can have fun every once in a while. Like, it's absurd. The whole storyline's absurd. That's if you're gonna point. do it, you have to go all out and embrace the stupidity of it, which they did, and that's why it was fantastic. Yeah, because the people, and it's very clear these guys are having fun. And here's yes. the other thing too: what makes this kind of stuff so great is that it, you know these guys are are writing all this themselves. They don't have a team of writers who are who are paid to write all their lines and 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 script all their all, and block all their camera shots and. This is all just done. It was tremendous. It was funny. It was great. And we move on. Uh, so the next match is the ROH world title match. It is Jay Lethal yeah. against Flip Gordon. So we have Jay Lethal walking backstage, uh, coming to the ring for his match. Yes. Uh, and he is Jay Lethal. But then uh, a hand, uh, come kind of from the side of the camera, slaps him on the shoulder. And he becomes, <laughs> and he becomes Macho Man. Well, he becomes Black Machismo. Yeah, the, the storyline going al- along through the months leading up is that whenever he gets slapped on the back, he turns into his old Black Machismo character, which leads to, of course, shenanigans and funniness. So here he gets slapped right before his his title defense, and uh, of course, within uh, within uh, within what ten seconds, he's got his full Macho Black Machismo gear on, walking to the ring. So good. Cut. Oh, very studio. Yeah, he's seconded by uh, Lanny yep. Poffo. Wearing a, a jacket given to Lanny Poffo by a fan, was that correct? Yeah, a fan who, who had bought a Macho Man uh, jacket. A genuine Macho Man jacket. Nice. So Lanny Poffo, of course, is Randy Savage's brother. Yeah. Um, so uh, Lethal comes out uh, to pomp and circumstance. He is Randy Savage. <laughs> yep. Um, Flip Gordon comes out. Um, so they start the match. Oh, and also when, uh, when, uh, Flip Gordon comes out, uh, he is out in kind of like army gear, right? Yes. And so Brandy Rhodes joins him and she is dressed up in, in army gear as well. Yeah, kind of like a pinup model in the, in the, like the forties. Yeah. And the, I guess the storyline is that she always wanted to be on the show, but Cody didn't. So now he gets to be on the show. She'll, she'll join him. And, uh, so she's his second for the match and, uh, and the genius, the second to Black Machismo. So one thing that I think we caught on to, but I didn't hear it in the commentary and, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't see it when anyone talked about this. <coughs> uh, it's also not in Meltzer's notes, but what was interesting was the first, like, two or three minutes of this match, they're clearly trying to recreate Randy Savage against Ricky Steamboat at WrestleMania three. Yes, absolutely. And you know, I th- doing the, the macho Hogan stuff later. Yeah. So they start, because off- they are day. Yeah. They really go hard on the, on the, uh, on the, on the quick pinfalls. Yeah. So it's they, great. They do the Steamboat Savage uh, spots and then, um, Jay lethal goes out of the ring and he, maneuvers Brandy Rhodes into the, his corner, even though she's not his second, but, <laughs> but, so but, but acting like uh, she's Elizabeth. And then later on, uh, chases her around the ring and then she gets in the ring. He catches her and puts her up on his shoulder. Like she's Elizabeth in WrestleMania four. Uh, she it's then, so good. she then hits him on the shoulder and he turns back into Jay lethal. So they continue wrestling. Uh, they continue to wrestle for a while. 
And then uh, we eventually get to the point where Lanny wants Lethal to do the elbow drop. Uh, he doesn't want to, so Lanny Poffo hits him on the sh- or slaps him on the shoulder. And now we get the WrestleMania. We get a combination, eh? He gives the yeah. multiple elbow drops onto Ultimate Warrior spot. Yes. And then in the pinfall, Flip Gordon kicks out and he hulks up like Hogan. It was pretty fun. It's pretty good. It was. It was very fun. Uh, but then again, this uh, this the crowd full of super smarks pops um, huge for Macho Hogan. But apparently they they called that on the fly the Hogan stuff. Nice. Oh, good for them. Hey, yeah, that, it was meant to be just the the uh, you know Warrior retirement match stuff. But I think I... that they just figured, well, fuck it, we may as well go all out with this since the crowd was so into it and did the whole cup whole cup spot. Did they go a little long? I wonder. Because well, yeah, well, that's I, not the one that went really long. It was the the page match went long, and uh, a match coming that up squirrel, went long. Didn't? Uh, yeah, the squirrel yeah. match went okay. long. All right. Uh, so then, uh, in the yes. end, yeah. Uh, yeah. Lethal wins uh, when he gives a diamond cutter off the top rope and follows it up with a lethal injection. Uh, so he gets the the win. Uh, Meltzer gave it three and a half stars. Yeah. Uh, after the match, uh, the two of them hug, and then Bully Ray comes out and he attacks both of them. That's right. Uh, <laughs> Poffo gets into the ring. Bully knocks him down. He sets up a table, but then the save is made by Colt Cabana. Yep, to Big Pop. Uh, and to then the hometown boy. And then Cabana and uh, Lethal and Gordon give the shield power bomb. Which gets a big pop because, uh, again, the smart fans still love WWE, even if they don't want to <laughs> yep. admit it. That's true. Uh, any other thoughts on that match? My only issue with that match was if, you know, given that they were having time issues, they really didn't need that bit at the end. It didn't really add anything to anything. You're right. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with Stu on that one. I, I would have skipped that. That's that's three or four minutes you've saved there that you could have given yeah. to matches yeah. and needed it later. I didn't love like, um, but it was the, the, there was those spots were pretty fun, but uh, it was solid. But Stu was right, a little little too long. Uh, next match: Kenny Omega yeah. uh, against yes, yes, yes. Uh, against Penta. Uh, they go for 17 minutes and 46 seconds. Kenny Omega. The uh, IWGP champion. Uh, Kenny. He, Kenny. Uh, he, uh, he is introduced as such. He does not have the belt with him. But, of course, being the champ, um, pretty much everyone knew he was going to win this match. Though, uh, they they said that they had a number of spots where you were teased pretty well, right? I thought it was pretty good. I thought I thought there were points in the match where I was like, this could go either way. So I thought I thought that was tremendously done. Kenny, with the uh, understated entrance, just walked out, which was kind of cool. And uh, you know, just uh, you know, dude, uh, dude took a took quite a beating in that match. I thought it, I thought a good performance by by both. Okay, with the uh, outstanding sell job. I uh, should note that uh, this this whole show uh, in the unofficial observer poll uh, was answered by six hundred and thirty seven people. Yeah. Ninety-six percent of people thumbs up, a thumbs uh-huh. down from one person, <laughs> nice, and twenty-seven thumbs in the middle. And the best match uh, by a pretty good margin: Kenny Omega versus Penta. So, uh, I, I would say, just from wrestling standpoint, absolutely, yeah, uh, the best I'm, match on the card. 
best match on the card. Not the one I enjoyed yeah. the most, but definitely, yes, the best wrestled match on the card. Yeah, and I mean, it was it, there was no real, like, the, the, the problem it had is it just, it was just two good wrestlers putting on essentially an exhibition. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, crowd very much into this. You get, like, the holy shit chant before they even lock up because <laughs> you know you're seeing a dream match. Uh, yeah. So uh, what were some of the spots? Penta gave his, like, crazy-ass pile driver to Kenny on the apron, which was nice. Package powerbomb on the apron. I don't know how Kenny's still alive. <laughs> watching that on, like, on the, like, watching it on the, on, on the uh, broadcast, I was like, how, how did that not, like, like, how do you do that safely? I don't understand. That's the magic of wrestling, boys. Yeah, so he, um, also, uh, Penta did his broken arm spot to Kenny and hit a package pile driver. That got the biggest kind of near fall yeah. for, for Penta. Um, we got Kenny doing his uh, many V triggers. <laughs> so, so many V triggers. So many V triggers. Well, I remember you. I, I believe you said at the start of the match, you got so many V triggers in this match. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what happened because it's just V triggers all over the place. Um, yeah, it's like his European uppercut, right? Just throw throw the running knee. Uh, Omega eventually wins the match with the one winged angel, a move that no one has kicked out of yet. Um, but yeah. did make sure to lift Penta with the other arm because his normal arm was injured. Yeah. Uh, so Omega gets the pin. He also makes the ref raise his other arm, the one that's not injured. So he's selling it right the whole way. Oh, yeah. And then, professional. Uh, so the match itself, uh, four and a half stars from Meltzer. Yeah. What did you guys think of the match? Loved it. My yeah, first time I mean I've seen Kenny, and I, I've loved it. I've seen Kenny a couple of times, but I'd never seen Penta before and not too familiar with his work, but really enjoyed it. And uh, as you said earlier, Slip, you know, we, we all knew he was going to win it, but it really got us believing that it could go any way towards the, the last sort of uh, five minute home stretch. Uh, so after the match, we got what I must say, probably next to his wedding and the birth of his son, the most exciting moment of Mega Mix's life. <laughs> Based on how <laughs> based on how he reacted, well, all uh, weekend I was saying, you know, boys, maybe who, who, could, who could show up? I think it could be Jericho, and uh, sure, sure enough, the lights go down, and uh, they come back up, and I like this twist. They come back up, so Penta is on; he's been pinned. Kenny's posing, with, you know, and the lights go out. They're out for quite a, quite some time. We see somebody run to ringside. Like, we see it, but you can't really see much. But I, I can see somebody running down the ramp. Um, the lights come back on, but then Penta's just still on the mat, and Kenny's there. And then Penta, of course, gets up, attacks Kenny. And it takes a couple seconds until you look at and you're like, wait a minute, those tattoos. And it's very familiar sleeve. And, of course, it uh, turns out that it's uh, the uh, young masks, and it's Jericho. Uh Attacking Kenny, huge pop, place goes unglued. I go crazy, of course, because I was, and I was so excited. And, uh, yeah, then, then tells Kenny he'll see him on the Jericho cruise for their um, match, which was ridiculous. Jericho gave him a beating with the mask on and then gave him the code breaker with the mask on. And that's what confirmed that's right. for everybody yeah. that, uh, that it was Jericho who then unmasked and then gave another code breaker. Um, I watched this one multiple times on the, uh, on the YouTube feed. Yeah. Jericho his just his timing is so good. Like yep. when he puts the when he puts the first code breaker on and then kind of like waits, like yeah. just such such patience to kind of draw the crowd in. 
You can just see that this guy is like the pro of all pros. Absolutely. I mean, you can tell. And it's got that WWE sensibility, right? Wait for the camera to get on you before you do anything. Give it a chance. And and he does it perfectly. They, the camera is on him when he slowly takes off that mask. And I mean, it's all the details, right? And I would recommend anybody to go listen to Jericho's podcast about this show, uh, about the, his appearance on the show. Because what is really interesting and that we we found out later, right? It's funny. I've been talking about Jericho during the weekend to you guys. And we didn't even like, I didn't even like think like, because he's on tour with his band. They were actually had a show that night in Kansas, in a, in a town in Kansas. And uh, he did the run-in. And then he flew back and played a, a show with his face still all painted up like Penta. And, you know, did all this. He has a great uh, rundown of it on his podcast about everything that went into it. Them having to borrow one of Penta's suits and they had to spray paint it gold and, and match it up and, and how he almost didn't make it to the ring and so on and so forth. It's great. I, highest recommendation to listen to. It was my favorite moment of the night. Fantastic. Uh, you did shriek and yell. <laughs> I did. And I jumped up like and down. Jumping up and, and down. Uh, patted you, you guys on the back and got so excited. You are a 41-year-old man. So that was so exciting. <laughs> uh, I also enjoyed that uh, after the match... Uh, Jericho then went and accosted Don Callis at the broadcast booth, knocking him out of his chair. Yes. Which was tremendous. And again, all done to set up his cruise. <laughs> and I have to admit, I have to think he sold a few dozen rooms on his cruise uh, with, that, with, that, uh, with that appearance. Uh, so uh, second last match of the night, we get Kazuchika Okada uh, against Marty Skrull. Uh, Okada wins the match 26 minutes and six, six seconds. This match way over in its time. Way, yes. way over. Um, the story in this match is that Marty Skrull is a small guy and people are telling him you are too small to face Okada, who you can see on New Japan is a big dude, but in person you're like, that guy's a, a, like a monster. Oh God, yes. Uh, my first time seeing Okada live was that for you, Stu? Your first time? Uh, no, I, I've definitely seen him on one of the Ring of Honor New Japan Border Wars shows that they've done here in Toronto in the past. Um, but seeing him on a big stage, and to be fair, you're talking like five, six years ago when he wasn't the the ace, as it were. Uh, but now he just has such an aura around him, and like the second his music hits with like the coin noise the place mm. just lost it oh yeah huge pop this, for okada yeah and this, yeah. you know I, I said to you boys before the show started this was my match that i was most excited about seeing right um i'm not sure that it lived up to what i wanted it to be but it was still fucking amazing i thought the match was tremendous yeah i i the issue of it going long i yeah. it did I, at times feel a little overly drawn out. Yeah. I think that um I think that this was probably more smooth uh if you watched it on television. I get the sense. Right. Okay. You know, to have some commentary kind of telling the yeah. story and uh yep. and because this match was was really well built, right? Like you're going for about twenty six minutes. You're probably going for the first like ten to fifteen minutes being like, All right, like things are happening here, but we're not what were we leading to? And then we got to the spots where, again, you had the legitimate, like, everybody knows yeah. Okada's winning this match. And then yes. you get the the hope spots for Skrull, and you're like, 
there were a couple of legitimate points, including where he hits the Rainmaker on Okada, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, uh, and you it's think, good. yeah, but, uh, in the end, Okada, um, you know, he wins with a couple of massive rainmakers. Just so many rainmakers. I love it's just clotheslines. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. So uh, good. uh, we did get the, uh, we did get the squirrel breaking fingers. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so that was good. And like, you could hear it in the arena. Mm. Yeah. It was, it was tremendous. I, I, you know, listen, I, had no idea about this match. I mean, I've seen Okada. So I was like, I, I knew there'd be some very good moves. But um, I was I was thoroughly impressed by both competitors. Uh, I would agree with Stu. I really, really like this match. But I was expecting this to be the match of the night. Um, Kenny's match was the match of the night. Yes. Yeah, agreed. Uh, so, and but again... I, I, sorry, but just to interrupt quickly. It, it's kind of what you get with Okada. His matches are drawn out and long. And everything has to breathe in between the spots and, <laughs> and allow the, the drama to build. So it makes sense for him to have that kind of match. He's got kind of that, uh, and I, I don't want to p- pigeonhole it in any way, but he's got kind of that WWE main event style a little bit where he can build that. It's not, doesn't have to be that. Spot yeah. It's, it's not just spot to spot to spot kind exactly. of thing. Uh, so this match went long. We actually noticed during the match that something was happening where the timekeeper was getting yelled at and the ref was getting yelled at, yeah. but, but, but the match ended up going for probably 10 minutes after that. But you could tell that yeah. at that point, we're kind of realizing that there could be some time issues. Um, yeah. And then you specifically looked at, looked at your, at your clock and was like, now, wait a minute. Yeah. This is going really long. Uh, so what happened of course, was that they'd booked four hours of pay-per-view time. And if you go over, um, you either lose the pay-per-view or you pay a shit ton, right? Like a huge yep. fine. And mm-hmm. so they're now at the end of this match, we're probably 15 minutes from the uh, from the top of the hour, and yep. uh, we've got the main event. Uh, the main event is a six man tag match. It is the Young Bucks and Kota Ibushi facing off against yes. Rey Mysterio Jr., Rey Phoenix, and Bandito. Yes, uh, these guys. Bandit's mask. Uh, these guys come out um, pretty. Now, hey, first of all, first of all, it takes Ray forever to come out, and you're just like, dude, let's go. <laughs> uh, Ray it, it took a long time, even if he weren't having time problems. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Ray is dressed as Wolverine for this uh, for this match with with tiny overpacks <laughs> that look like a tiny little g string. Uh, the, yes, the uh, the uh, the three luchos <laughs> uh, each do their own entrance. Young Bucks and Coda come out together. Yep, pretty much the fastest intro possible, and we're right into the match and. You know what? I do wish that this match, this match ended up being 11 minutes, 42 seconds. Apparently, they got off the air with, like, seconds to spare. Yeah, Three like, seconds. Uh, like seven seconds. Yeah. Uh, the, and- uh, the announcer barely is able to, what, whatever his name is, I can't, but he barely able to sign out. Uh, he signs the show off, um, but they, they did get the pinfall and the announcement and the sign out just as they went to credits. Uh, like, to the... Yeah, I would have liked to have seen this match be, you know, in the 20 minute range, but I mean, yep. they stuffed in so much crazy shit in 11 minutes and 42 seconds. It was ridiculous. Like, I, I've watched this. This is the match I've watched the most from the show. And it's just because yep. it's like, do you want to see insanity for 12 minutes? Do you want to see a match where Ray isn't the one doing the craziest moves? <laughs> like, that's the other thing, too, right? 
These guys are all over the place. It was nuts. Uh, let's see. Bandito did a, a number of spinning crossbodies, which were amazing. <laughs> yep. uh, Phoenix hit, hit like this amazing like springboard diamond cutter. Uh, yeah. There was a spot where I don't know which of the Jacksons, one of them, you know, hops on the top rope and does a moonsault, followed by, <laughs> followed by, uh, Kota Ibushi doing his moonsault, like back to back to the outside. Kota Ibushi, yep. I had never seen him before. So excited to see Kota Ibushi. Uh, he was tremendous. Stu, have you seen him before live? No, he's definitely, he was definitely the one that I was like, ooh, finally I get to see, cause you know, we don't get a lot of chances to see him over here. Uh, we got the big, um, we did get a good, a nice spot where Kota Ibushi and Rey Mysterio step into the ring to face off and people lose their shit again. Yeah, it's like a dream. Uh, we get, uh, we get another spot where, again, I don't know which guy is down in the ring, but basically all three of the, you know, Young Bucks and Ibushi all do like moonsaults and splashes off the, uh, <laughs> yeah. of the top. We're like in succession. Yeah, it was it was great. I, there was another point where one of the dudes all gave three guys a hurricane rata. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That, that's so ridiculous. Uh, there was a spot where basically, I believe, um, what was it? Uh, Matt like springboarded into the ring, and Phoenix hit him with a Canadian destroyer. Yes. And then God. Yeah, like, and then right off of that, Bandido and Phoenix both did topes to the outside of the ring. <laughs> And Mysterio followed that up with the big frog splash on Matt to get the big Eddie Guerrero pop. Yeah, that was great. Uh, they they basically in the end, um, you know, did uh, you know a pretty pretty much they they did all these spots and then they were just like ah Meltzer driver to finish it. You can at actually, that point you could hear the referee saying go home. Yeah, and then on the broadcast you hear it like very specifically. And uh, you can see that there's this pandemonium at ringside because the match is supposed to end. Yeah. And then the fucking Phoenix or whatever all breaks the pin up. Yeah, there's one <laughs> There's one that's broken up. And then uh, after they actually hit the Meltzer driver and get the pin, you see whichever Jackson is not doing the pin all directing traffic, like telling the guys to stay out and just let it let it end. So stay down. Stay down. <laughs> Uh, so match ends, uh, again with seconds to spare. Just a crazy spot fest. Ended up being yep. fantastic. Meltzer gives it four, it four and a half stars. I loved it. I, I, I loved it. Yeah, it, it was a, an all you can eat buffet when you're on a time limit. It was so much fun. It's like, oh shit, I just gotta, we've gotta get all these spots in. We've got 12 minutes to do it. Yeah, it, it could have been an absolute train wreck, but given who was involved, that wasn't the case. Well, the talent was, I mean, in that ring was just uh, off oh, the charts. Yeah. I'd never seen anything like it in my life. No. Uh, watching wrestling, I've never seen any anything. I mean, there, I mean, there may have been a, a missed, something missed, one, a couple of moves here and there, but really overall just hitting everything. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, it's the, the complete opposite of the match. Everything had slow purpose and yeah. what have you. This was just yeah. like, fuck it, let's go. It was a nice way to end it, too. It was, it was like, a great fun way to end it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A couple of other reception notes on this. Sports Illustrated called the event near-perfect pay-per-view debut. Uh, John Moore of Pro Wrestling Net recommended the event, but pointed the event suffers that ROH and New Japan problem of having too many matches. Uh, probably yeah. just, it wasn't really the matches. I think it was the time. Uh, yeah. And as we just read, obviously, Dave Meltzer, big fan. Uh, despite the main event being significantly cut short, he gave it four and a half stars. And overall, six matches on this show get four stars or higher. Uh, yeah. 
I did not see. I probably did not see the best match that I've ever seen live. Um, but no, I either. saw the best card. Yeah, yeah I agree. Uh, and that's all in, boys. Uh, yeah, they, uh, at the end of the night, they they did the big uh, in the ring kind of uh, thanking all the fans and and doing all that. That was fun to watch too. And, uh, and overall, it was a good night. Very telling of the fact that nobody left when they did the big speech at the end. Nope. Incredible in this day and age that mm-hmm. you can keep all 11,000 people hanging on every word. And probably if you carried on talking for another 30 minutes, everybody would have stayed there. Um, for me, probably one of the biggest things that this show did for me, which I didn't think it could ever do, is make me find Cody Rhodes interesting. So, <laughs> I, I am now a Cody Rhodes fan, which is ridiculous because I, God, I hated Cody Rhodes. <laughs> So good on them for that. Um, and again, as I said earlier, the big thing for me was just seeing a wrestler. Like I've I've been to a few indie shows that I've enjoyed. Um, yep. I've been to some WWE shows which I wouldn't say I haven't enjoyed, but kind of walked away at the end being like, "All right, like that that was a yep. show." Uh, this <laughs> yeah. show was just so satisfying. Like <laughs> you just walked out and you're you're energized. You're like. You want to buy more merch. You want to yep. support the product. You want to go seek out the broadcast and watch being the elite and like catch up on it. Yeah. Like totally generates interest in the product and what's going on. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, it was perfectly it may, you know, there's a bunch of wrestlers that, yeah, I've heard of them, but I haven't seen a lot of them. And now I'm like, Oh wow. I really want to see more of Ray Phoenix. I want to see more of uh, Penta and what have you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, uh, you know, yeah, I, A plus show. Perfect. Uh, so I guess that's where we uh, end things for this week, boys. Oh, um, tough one. We that was uh, a good show. We have some planning to do for upcoming episodes. Of course, we are still very much wrapped up in our other podcast, Albums Are Dead. Yes. Uh, go to albumsaredead.com for information where we talk about a different album each week. But we are still trying to push the uh, sleepover along <laughs> despite busy schedules in the fall. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. A couple of upcoming episodes that you could probably look forward to. One is going to involve uh, some homework assignments for our man Megamix to catch up on some NXT. Yes, I'm very excited about doing this. Because uh, Stu, Stu and I would both say, despite us not having the greatest things always to say about WWE, NXT, which is a WWE product, is fabulous. Mm-hmm. Consistently fantastic. Uh, yeah. So um, I'm going to try to pour through a sampler of matches that we should watch and review in a few weeks. Okay. If Stu's in, I'm in. Uh, Sounds good. Uh, and uh, then uh, we also have Solo coming, or it's out now on digital. Yes, so it is. At some point, we're going to have to do a review of that one. So those things will Sounds happen. Good. We may have to do another Hall of Fame induction. I, I believe so. So there's all sorts of stuff. Hit us up at Meza 9 sleepover on Twitter and tell us what you want and we will ignore it. Uh, and also just go to mezzaninesleepover.com for all your mezzanine sleepover needs. Uh, I'm at megamix.com. Uh, I am the slip man, slip with five eyes on Twitter. And our guest again is... Disco Stu 81 on the Twitter. See if we can get him one or two more follows from this show. I- Yes. I like Joey Ryan's penis to follow me, please. <laughs> oh, that would be fantastic. I want penis druids to follow me. <laughs> Everywhere. All right, Thanks, ev- Stu. All right, everybody. Have a good night. Good night. Ready? Go. Cool.